I didn't let your cat bite me, even though she tried. <laughs> I'm sure she was ready to do it. She tried. I got my hand away in time. Well, you're lucky. Yeah. You gotta She's watch mean as out. Hell. Yeah, she is mean as hell. Stop that. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> sitting there with her mouth hanging open. Uh, welcome back once again to the Raincoat Report. The Raincoat Report where everyone's been bit by cats. Yes. Uh, Except me. My left arm's had a hell of a day today because, uh, well, I got bit by a cat for one. Are you going to... Yeah. You're going to get probably an infection. Hopefully not. I did wash it off. Like That's quickly good. afterwards, but we'll see. Okay, sorry. And what else happened to your arm? Well, I went out to do a little bit of yard work and cut down some of the uh, overgrown things that have popped up just in the first few weeks of things growing again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and first off, I got like a minute into it before our neighbor came over who was out mowing the lawn and decided he wanted to come talk to me about yard stuff. Okay. Uh, which... I mean, he wasn't unpleasant. It was just boring as shit, and I didn't want to talk to him. Yeah, understandably. You don't want, you're just trying to do your yard work. Yeah, I just want to go out and sweat for a little bit and then go inside and take a shower. Yeah. Uh, but I also, as I was doing it and reaching in and cutting down things, on two, actually, I think three occasions, I got my arm wrapped up in a viney, like thorny mm-hmm. mess of some sort that hurt a whole lot and yeah. i scratched up my arm it's not like I, I don't like have open wounds or anything but i have a few scratch marks you can kind of see from where it got me you're doing better than me man <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about your cut up hands yeah it's good i stopped the bleeding during the last episode with the paper that you wrapped oh. around it yes <laughs> um <laughs> your backyard's a real jungle though it is. It's a jungle out there. And yeah, it's a jungle out there, and you know where it's a jungle? Where? The city. It is a jungle in the city. It's a concrete jungle, so they say. That is what they say. And you know who's fit to navigate it? The lioness, Lisa DeLeo. Yes. And uh, also us at the Raincoat Report, Yes, which we welcome you to. Yeah, I think I already welcomed them to it when I was Did talking. You? I was talking about when the cat bit us. And this is a podcast where we get bit by cats. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. But I didn't introduce us. That's Boss. And this is Jeremy. He yes. He was bit by a cat. <laughs> and I skillfully avoided it. Yes. I'm just looking at her now. I don't trust her. She's half across the room from me, but I can tell she's <laughs> mad that she didn't get to bite me. Yes. So it's it's coming. Uh, <laughs> that's, it's judgment. It's God's judgment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, today, mm-hmm. as you said... We're going to follow Lisa DeLeo as she navigates the concrete jungle and uh, searches for satisfaction for her lusty needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll take her in interesting directions. It sure will. And that's in a little film called Mascara by uh, porn auteur Henri Patat. On, on, Henri ha- Pachard. Having a stroke. Henri Pachard. Yes. And... Uh, Uncredited with help uh, from Roberta Finley, she is directed uh, dialogue scenes. Yeah, it is listed that she was like the director of photography in the credits, but I don't think they didn't like split up the the duty for the hardcore and the dialogue scenes. Yes. Uh, And this was produced and financed by Roberta Finley as well. Okay. It's a small little production here. All right. Um, but we've got some names in here. We've got, of course, Lisa DeLeo, as we've brought up already. We also have alleged serial sexual predator Ron Jeremy. Yep. And we have uh, pretty much all the big names from last week's film are back. We got George Payne as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's no Martin Patton to be seen, but... We do have Arbola. We do have Arbola. We've got him. We got Bobby Astor. Mm-hmm. And uh, an additional cast of characters that we will meet throughout the film. We've got Mistress Centrice. Uh, Mistress Candace. Mistress Candace. Uh, Centrice is a different character. Oh, yes. I'm uh, sorry. Lisa Centrice plays Marianne. Okay. I got them. They're all mixed up in my mind. Yeah. 
yes, Mistress Candace is one of the standouts that we'll introduce you to. Uh, but yeah, this is an interesting film. I would say that uh, because of the lower budget nature of it, which I would assume from Roberta Finley being the one who uh, financed it. Yeah, this definitely um, has a more of a Roberta Findlay, uh feel about it than a Pichard, I would say, overall yes. product-wise. But I would say that there's something a little bit... Uh, there, there's definitely some artful stuff going on here as well. Yeah, so. yeah, and it's not like Roberta Finley can't be artful, but... You know, um, she's she, a real mixed bag in her she's output. Gonna, she's going to do it on a budget. <laughs> yes, she's she gonna, is. If you're going to get art out of her, it's not going to cost her a goddamn dime. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a whole cast of characters, a whole armful of swords that I've got here. Uh, yeah, we're we've got a great week for you guys. Yeah, well, yeah, we're covered in cuts and sores. <laughs> Um, we're dying over here, so if you'd like to help pay our doctor bills, subscribe to our Patreon. Yes, patreon.com slash raincoat report. Uh, to heal us. <laughs> to heal us and help us heal the world. Through uh, appreciation of classic adult film. Yes, that's how the world will be healed. Yeah, everyone just needs to pause and jerk off for a while. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to s- teach the world to jerk off and... To buy them all a Coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Just a come and a Coke. Yeah, come and a Coke. And uh, that's really about all I need. I, mean, I don't know if it'll work for everybody, but it wouldn't hurt to try. <laughs> <laughs> Please. The name of World Peace. And then the name of our sore slash bodies. <laughs> Consider donating $5 a month to uh, patreon.com slash raincoat report. I forgot that we were still <laughs> I, I forgot that we you were still pitching the Patreon. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Alex Jones, and he's the master of just uh, getting like a pitch in there. <laughs> in the product, you know, I'm trying to learn from the, the greats. Well, I guess. Uh... There's a war on for your dick. There's a war on for your balls. <laughs> That's, uh, we're going to print up some merch. Okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll... raincoat wars. That's oh, going to be us. God. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we'll discuss that. They want to sterilize you. <laughs> we'll talk about that off mic, and I'm going to cut China break. wants to buy your balls. Well, if if China's going to pay you $50,000 per ball, it definitely makes it more worth uh, considering. Yeah, I didn't include that part when we cut off because that's, <laughs> that's what Alex Jones, that's his main thrust is he just cuts the contact, the any kind of context out of anything he says. Oh, okay. So uh, it works for him. <laughs> so uh, do you want to get us... You want to get us rolling on mascara? Sure. Let's go ahead and roll on some mascara. Is that how you put mascara on? You roll it on? <laughs> I don't think like so. Like a deodorant? <laughs> no. Not at all. So mascara opens with us seeing Harriet, played by Lisa DeLeo. She's by the train tracks and boarding a train slash subway. She rides with her hand holding a handle, and we get a close-up of it, and we see some people on the train... Getting a little creepy close to her, but it didn't go anywhere, so I don't know what uh, the point was. I guess just to establish 
the weirdness of the city. We see her emerging from a stairway up from the subway and entering a building. And it's here that we get introduced to the boss, who is just the boss in this film. Yeah. Uh, played by Arbola. He's digging through some papers and hands an envelope to Harriet. Um, I believe she answers the phone and says it's TNA Imports. Oh, yeah. Uh, she That's gets... a uh, human trafficking uh, business. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, we don't call it human trafficking. We call them mail-order brides. <laughs> okay, TNA that makes imports. it sound a lot better. Yeah. Um, she gets some coffee, but her boss hands her a stack of papers to get out tonight. So she's got a lot of work ahead of her. But we cut to later, and she gets a call from a friend, Linda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda is played by Tiffany Clark. Mm-hmm. Linda invites Harriet out on a double date because uh, there was supposed to be another woman going with her who flaked out. Yeah. Uh, she's hesitant at first, and, but finally agrees. And then we cut to this group leaving the movie. So yes. the group is, of course, Linda and Harriet. But also we get uh, Richard and Jim, I believe. Yes. Yes. Uh, Richard is played by alleged serial sexual predator Ron Jeremy. Yes. And Jim is played by Jamie St. James. Who, as far as I know, has not been accused of anything. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say to like go get him tattooed on your back just in case. But Roger Stone aware. got Nixon tattooed on his back, and he did a bunch <laughs> of bad stuff. Uh, so, so they go with the guys back to an apartment. Once we're there, Linda quickly sort of wants to leave, but Harriet wants to stay. Finally, Richard, Ron Jeremy's character, uh, talks Linda into sneaking off into another room where he starts up a hot tub. Harriet starts to flirt with Jim, the other guy. He mentions that she must have some sex life, and she mentions that some people are more sexual than others. Then she tells him he turns her on, and she starts to make out with him. This film is one where I feel like it takes like the real thrust of the plot a while to get going. Yeah. Uh, these first scene, I thought it maybe it kind of invalidated the premise of of, of uh, what I had thought it been about a like a sexually frustrated woman. Right. Uh. But uh, they do a good job of building on it later. Yes. So she's always horny, but she doesn't always get what she's horny for. Right. Okay. So a uh, correction. This wasn't Jim. This is David, played by Sean Elliott. Okay. I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some classic raincoat report quality control here. You done great. So <laughs> I was thinking it was maybe a David, but I didn't want to correct you because uh taking all the big notes yeah i don't i don't know this is just kind of a a jumbled mess of things that i remember with my mind brain yeah you haven't even had any brown today and you're all scrambled yeah we'll uh we'll throw some in the mix here soon (laughs) we see richard undress and get into the hot tub and linda is a bit hesitant but starts to undress a bit timidly We cut back to Harriet, who's just going to town blowing David. She pulls off her stockings and her panties and shoes as she's continuing to blow him, kind of squirming around on the couch to kind of roll and get everything off as she continues to blow him nonstop. So did did Pichard direct the sex scenes in this? Yes. Okay, I was going to say, like, I wasn't... I know Finley wasn't big on uh, filming, like, the sex scenes in any of the films. Right. But these definitely are like probably like a step above the rest of the film as far as uh, just getting like cr- a little creative with the angles and yeah. things like that, as we saw in something like Public Affairs, right? The uh, with that with that little sweat drop, yes. Uh, not quite to that level, but there's some good stuff that makes Ron Jeremy's cock look pretty good. Yeah, there's some nice kind of like almost below shots that are like kind of filmed like from the bottom up. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Good on him. Richard sits Linda on the side of the hot tub and starts to go down on her. 
Harriet sucks David's cock a bunch and then mounts him in sitting cowgirl on the couch. Richard fucks Linda on the side of the hot tub. Linda then starts to blow Richard as he sits on the side of the hot tub, taking some time to suck on his balls. Yeah. There's no music in this sex scene. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, it's something I've, I notice a lot. You can really hear the dick sucking. Yeah. <laughs> you can really hear the oh, 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 uh, when she's going at it because there's no music, uh, which happens a lot throughout the film. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why that is. Fair enough. Harriet is riding David hard in the living room, really going to town. Richard comes in and around Linda's mouth, and uh, Harriet rides David some more, and finally he pulls out and comes on her ass. David is really satisfied, but Harriet is not. We then cut to morning, and Harriet's laying naked in bed. David wakes her up and says he has to leave for work. He says she can leave after him, but she needs to lock up. He tells her as he's leaving that he'll call her, but he shuts the door just as she's trying to tell him that he doesn't have her phone number. (laughs) We see Harriet returning to the office via subway train. Then back at the office, the boss comes to her desk and asks about his bagel and tells her he needs to dictate a letter to her. We cut to him finishing his dictation. He tells Harriet that his wife may call later and she'll have to tell her that he's not available. Harriet asks if the boss will be out and he says no, he has an important meeting. He tells Harriet that she's a lovely young lady, but... She must not know what it's like to be lonely. Of course, Harriet feels lonely herself. Yeah. It's at this point that Lucy shows up. Lucy is a call girl that the boss has called here. Mm -hmm. Um, This was obviously his meeting, and uh, so Harriet leaves the room while Lucy quickly starts to undress and asks the boss if he's ever done it with Harriet. He says no. Lucy asks if it's against company policy. (laughs) She tells him to lay down, and he wants her to kneel in front of him, and she tells him no and tells him to lay down. We see Harriet typing a letter and getting a call from her mother, so we get back and forth between Harriet talking to her mother and uh, Lucy fucking the boss here. Lucy's on top of the boss stroking his cock. She says it's her cock and her balls. And her pussy. She's dirty talking and she's stroking him. He finally gets her to say that it's his pussy and she starts to ride his cock. Yeah, and she says, you scratch my balls with the cufflinks. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He almost comes immediately and she tells him no and stops, gripping the base of his cock to stop him from coming. She has him lick her pussy as she strokes his cock. Cut back to Harriet, who's arguing with her mother about men. We get a bunch of overdub dialogue of her talking to her mom as Lucy is riding the boss's face. Yeah. Lucy then goes back to riding the boss's cock, and finally she finishes him off with her hand. We see Lucy leaving the boss's office, and Harriet stops her on her way out and says that she wants to talk to her. Lucy is hesitant and gives her a hard time, but finally gives Harriet her card and tells her to meet her at 6 o'clock. We cut to later, and Harriet is getting a taxi ride, apparently over to Lucy's. From a future Travis Bickle type. Yes. He's talking about how the city is full of sex and prostitutes and... Pimps. Pimps. He hates the pimps worse than the whores. And pornography. No one will do anything about it. This man's a man on the edge. Yeah, and she's not really having it. (laughs) Yeah, understandably. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I would also be sitting there uncomfortably just like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. At least in the the past, it was like someone who uh, actually worked for like a cab company. Now it's just some like random guy (laughs) who picks you up in his Camry. You have to listen to him. Uh Talk about how they need to put all take all the troops out of the Middle East and put them on the border. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I just I just need to get to work, pal. <laughs> well, we cut to Lucy in her apartment answering the door for Harriet. She's really pissy and tells Harriet to sit on the couch. 
Uh, she tells her she can fix a drink and rushes out of the room. We see Harriet sit down on the couch and she can hear Lucy from the other room yelling at somebody. Harriet goes to spy, like Harriet the spy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she sees that Lucy is uh, fucking a woman in the ass with a dildo yeah. while uh, she sucks on Lucy's panties. Uh, the woman is masturbating furiously as this happened. Uh, this is Miss Longley is the name of this character. Yeah. Uh, Harriet's getting a real show out of this. Yeah. Uh, they're going to town, and uh, eventually Harriet creeps off and sits back on the couch. Lucy's banging away with a dildo and being like, suck these panties, and just kind of dangling them above her mouth like a dog the whole time. Right. It's um, It's beautiful stuff. We then see Lucy stuff her panties completely into Miss Longley's mouth. And as Miss Longley cries, Lucy cradles her and says that she'll help her get dressed so she doesn't miss her train. We cut to Harriet in the living room and Lucy makes a drink. Miss Longley leaves the room, a little embarrassed that somebody was waiting on the couch outside. Lucy asks Harriet, after Miss Longley leaves, what she wants. And Harriet explains she wants more out of sex. She explains that she's had plenty of sex, but she hasn't gotten the feeling that she wanted out of it. She wants Lucy's guidance on what to do. Lucy asks Harriet for her fantasies. Harriet mentions doing it with two guys, or even a guy and a girl. Lucy quickly gets a phone call and answers it, and she's dirty talking with a client. The client apparently wants to fuck Lucy's tits, but Lucy keeps saying to him that her tits are too small for his big cock. Harriet gestures with her tits, and so Lucy says, well, my friend here has big tits. Yeah, she's stacked like you like them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, They then rush into the next room to prepare. Among other things, Lucy asks Harriet to hand her that dildo, but Harriet doesn't know what a dildo is. Yeah. Lucy has to show her. Are you going to explain what a dildo is? Uh, Yeah, it's like a big cock, but it's made of rubber. Or silicone, or glass, or wood, or some synthetic material that's not really that safe for the human body. Wow. It sounds like they just make them out of anything. Basically. Well, i got to learn more about these dildos. (laughs) So, the John shows up, and the character name is John, actually. Lucy has him sit on the couch, and in the other room, Lucy retrieves Harriet, telling her to get undressed and get on the bed. She hands her some lingerie and gives her some Vaseline to smear on her tits. Lucy says her tits better be real, and Harriet angrily says that they are. And they are lovely. Mm -hmm. Lucy goes and collects John the John, and also collects $200 from him. She brings him into the back room and introduces him to Harriet. The girls help him take his pants down and Harriet starts to suck his cock as Lucy is dirty talking and coaching them throughout. She has Harriet lay back and he goes to fuck her tits, but Lucy tells him to turn around so that his ass is over Harriet's face. And so Lucy can suck the tip of his cock while he fucks Harriet's tits, and also Harriet can lick his ass. Neither of those things happen too much other than the tit fucking here. Mm -hmm. But after a bit, uh, the guy turns around and fucks Harriet's tits more as Harriet sucks the head of his cock. It is interesting that how quickly she started rimming from being someone who didn't know what a dildo was. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Very quick transition and no no questions asked. (laughs) Lucy plays with Harriet's clit as this is going on, and Harriet is sucking his cock pretty hard and only kind of slightly rubbing her tits on it at this point. Yeah, uh, the teacher would put it for, uh, how do you rate it? How would he put it? How would the teacher put it? Look at those tits. Yeah, look at those tits. (laughs) For a pair of look at those tits, tits, they're not getting fucked as hard as you would think. Right. I think it's just hard to do both of those things simultaneously. You just gotta do some creative editing. I guess so. But regardless, this is still a a fun, arousing scene. And uh, 
he finally strokes and finishes on her tits. Yeah. We see Harriet worn out afterwards, and she asks if that was all right, and uh, it was. We cut to later, and Lucy apparently just got out of the shower. She says that she changed her mind, and she's going to give Harriet half of the money, but Harriet says she doesn't want it. Lucy talks about how busy she is, and Harriet says she feels the same. She knows that her friends are upset that she never has time out of work to do things. They laugh and say they'll call each other. We cut to later, and Lucy, in fact, does call Harriet. Yeah, they're friends now. We see them in a bar, and Lucy comes by Harriet and tells her about some trick she was with and tells a really explicit story that bothers the people around them in the bar. (laughs) Lucy asks if Harriet wants to try another fantasy. She says she does, but she doesn't know how to go about that sort of thing. Lucy points out two guys in the bar. This is Jim and Bob. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jim is the one played by Jamie St. James that I misidentified earlier. Yeah, you you, you sorted it out, and yes. Bob is uh, George Payne. Indeed it is. And there's some bopping disco in this club. There is. So Lucy tells Harriet to stare at them, and she does, and they eventually come over. Harriet introduces herself as a secretary, and Lucy says that she sells livestock. <laughs> Lucy is very forward and suggests that Harriet fuck the two of them. They ask Lucy about joining, but she says she's a lesbian, but she might watch. We then see them back at Harriet's apartment. Lucy and Harriet sneak off to the other room to talk, and Harriet says it feels too rushed. She wants to feel a connection with somebody. Lucy says it's just lust, and she should enjoy it. Yeah, and if people who are having threesomes or having them to stop the feelings. (laughs) (laughs) We see Jim and Bob arguing with each other in the other room while the ladies are gone. But as soon as the ladies come in, they uh, get their shit together. Yeah. Harriet says she's going to show Lucy what she's been missing. So she takes off the dress she's wearing and she's wearing some good lingerie underneath. She tells the guys to stand next to each other and she gets down and starts to stroke them and goes back and forth kissing them. Jim then gets down and starts to eat her out as Bob and her stand and kiss each other as she's stroking Bob. Harriet pushes both guys down onto the bed and gets down in between them and strokes both of them, going back and forth, uh, blowing both of them in turn. Yeah, she says something towards the start where she says she can taste his chest hairs. (laughs) Um, But this is also, I think, the only sex scene in the film that has music. Okay. And it is a it's a very inappropriate musical cue. It is like <laughs> a haunting theremin that you would expect someone in a uh, like a, uh, a haunted house movie to uh, <laughs> hear while they were just kind of exploring and checking out all the dark nooks and crannies of their uh, haunted establishment. <laughs> Fair enough. Not necessarily suited for a threesome. So she goes back and forth blowing the two of them, and then after a bit, Bob gets up and comes up behind her and starts to fuck her from behind as she's blowing Jim. Bob looks back at Lucy, and they lock eyes as he continues to fuck Harriet. This goes on for a little bit, and then Harriet mounts Jim reverse cowgirl and sucks Bob's cock as he stands next to them. Harriet then crawls into a 69 position on top of Jim, And Bob gets down next to Jim's cock, and uh, she goes back and forth blowing the two of them. Bob finishes first, and spurts come all over Harriet's mouth and also Jim's balls. There is a a very nicely shot thing where uh, you kind of see it through one of the guy's arms, where I guess Lucy is watching, and Harriet looks up and winks at her. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a nice little shot. I like that. Yeah. Then Jim finishes shortly thereafter in Harriet's mouth and on her hands. Harriet gets up and is laughing. We see Harriet and Lucy talking afterwards. Lucy takes the sheets off the bed and asks if she can sleep over. 
Harriet says that she's not ready to sleep with a woman, and Lucy says she doesn't mean like that, she just wants to sleep. So Lucy gets in bed next to Harriet, and Lucy's complaining about being a hooker. And Yeah, it takes a pretty dark turn at yeah. this point, dialogue-wise. Sure. Yeah. She's like, you don't know what it's like. She's stuffed on both ends and just gagging, and you can't even whimper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she... Definitely tell Roberta Findlay was in charge of this part. <laughs> she says something about how she's jealous that Harriet's just having fun, whereas she has to, as a hooker, do all this stuff. But Harriet says that Lucy doesn't have to be a whore, and Lucy says, of course I don't. I can do anything I want, and I can have an orgasm whenever I want. Lucy then points out that Harriet didn't even come with both of those guys with her. Harriet says at least she had more fun than Lucy did, who just watched like a voyeur. They lay down and start to act like they're going to drift to sleep, but then Harriet asks Lucy if she wants her to go down on her. Lucy says no. Then Lucy gets up and gets in position to go down on Harriet, but then just kind of decides not to and gets back up in bed to lay down. (laughs) Some real drama here. Yeah. Harriet calls out to Lucy, and Lucy doesn't respond. Yeah. Classic odd couple. We see Harriet getting dressed with some of Lucy's hooker gear. They're fighting to make it look right. Lucy's explaining the idea of submissives being in control of situations. She explains that Harriet is going to be working with a woman, and Harriet's upset about this. She says she's not going to do it, and Lucy shrugs about it. But Harriet just finally leaves and goes to do it. So we then see Harriet in the back of a car with Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones is played by Bobby Astor. Harriet asks Mr. Jones a question about what she's supposed to do, and he tells her they're not supposed to talk. If the driver hears them talk, they'll tell her. He asks Harriet for some lipstick because he's lost his... He's also putting earrings on and explains that if the lipstick isn't just right when he gets home, she'll be very upset. Harriet helps him with a tissue to kind of uh, fix the edges of his lipstick. You think Bobby had pierced ears or you think these are clip-ons? My guess is clip-ons. My guess is also clip-ons, but I don't know for sure. I don't know. Is he still alive? I don't know. I'm going to find out and I'm going to ask him. If he's ever has ears or nipples pierced. Okay. Or his balls. Can you get your balls pierced? You can pierce anything, I guess. Yeah. Well. We'll do that on Patreon. We'll yeah. get your balls pierced. We'll get my, I'm going to get my butthole pierced. <laughs> oh no, he died in 2002 from lung cancer. That's... Oh shit. Harriet asked Mr. Jones why he does that. And he says it's for his wife. He has to do it. We see him get out of the car, and he's wearing thigh highs and heels and a suit top. He walks into the house, and he calls out, Honey, we're here. He tells Harriet to do just as she says. It's at this point that Mrs. Jones walks in in a black, sexy, dominatrix getup. Yeah, this is Mistress Candace. Yes. Mrs. Jones asks who this woman is, and he says he doesn't know her name. She asks why he's not wearing his suit pants. He explains he left them in the car. She asks why he's wearing makeup. He says he thought she wanted him to, and she says that she hid his lipstick on purpose. Mr. Jones explains that he borrowed Harriet's lipstick instead. Mrs. Jones is upset that he borrowed a hooker's lipstick. Yeah, you're you're really slut shames her. (laughs) She asks if Harriet's clean, and she says she is. She has Harriet stand up and pull up her dress. She asks Harriet if she's been trained, and Harriet says no. Mrs. Jones says if she's going to fail, she can leave now, and Harriet says she's going to try not to fail. Mrs. Jones asks what Harriet will get if she's good, and Harriet says that she'll get to come. Mrs. Jones says that that proves that she's just selfish. Mrs. Jones has Mr. Jones pull down Harriet's panties and tells him to sniff her to make sure she smells clean. Then Mrs. Jones has Mr. Jones lick Harriet's vagina. She tells Harriet to focus on how he's doing it, 
because that's the way that Mrs. Jones likes it, and she wants Harriet to do the same to her. Mr. Jones is stroking himself, but Mrs. Jones notices and tells him to stop. He keeps looking at Harriet for a bit, and then Mrs. Jones has Harriet come over to do the same to her. Mrs. Jones has Mr. Jones hold Harriet's head and move it back and forth as she's... Thinking of that goddamn Counting Crows song. (laughs) (laughs) Every time you say Mr. Jones. I I was saving that joke for later, but yes. Yeah, you keep triggering the chorus in my head, and it's very upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mrs. Jones has Mr. Jones play with Harriet's vagina a bit as well. Mrs. Jones has Mr. Jones then take off the girdle that he's wearing, and she has Harriet start to go down on Mr. Jones. She commands Harriet to play with herself as she does, use both hands, and only use her mouth. Mm-hmm. Harriet stumbles and in a weird way that doesn't make sense, but she accidentally touches Mrs. Jones's tits. Mrs. Jones asks if she was trying to touch her tits, and Harriet says it was an accident. Mrs. Jones yells at her a bit and tells Harriet to call her mother and to lay her head on Mrs. Jones's lap. Yes, we've introduced the mommy kink on this podcast, and now there's no going back. <laughs> she asks to look at Harriet's mouth to check her teeth, and then she has Harriet suck on her tit. Yeah. She calls her a bovine at one point, and I was like, don't call Lisa a cow. That's rude. (laughs) Mrs. Jones asks if Harriet would like to get fucked. She says she would, and Mrs. Jones says she did a good job sucking her husband's cock, so she deserves to get fucked. She says to suck on Mr. Jones's cock, and she will fuck her. Harriet seems hesitant about getting fucked with the strap-on that Mrs. Jones has. So Mrs. Jones offers that she could have her husband fuck her instead, but if he does, it would be in Harriet's ass. Harriet chooses the dildo instead, and so Mrs. Jones starts to fuck her as she continues to blow Mr. Jones. She finishes off Mr. Jones, and Mrs. Jones fucks her for a few moments more, but then sends her home in the car. Harriet seemed to enjoy it, but on the ride home, she's still seemingly unsatisfied as she watches the city pass by. Slow jazz plays through this yeah. car ride as we yeah. see some shots of the city. Yeah, she, and she's on her walk of shame in her dress that shows part of her ass. Yeah, <laughs> we see her walking down the street, right? And uh, a doorbell rings and Harriet shows up at Lucy's place, but Lucy isn't there. It's Marianne and Ralph. Lucy let Marianne use her place. Uh, I'm guessing Ralph is a... Is Ralph a John? Or is she... Maybe he's a pimp. I don't know. I don't know. They... uh, who he is. The way they had sex, it was very passionate. Yeah. So maybe he's her boyfriend? I don't know. He's a a pimp situation. You make them all fall in love with you. (laughs) You know? Fair uh, enough. I will say one disturbing aspect of the scene is they're kind of panning through the apartment. Uh-huh. There's a slice of pizza on a plate, and it does appear that there is a plastic fork and knife with a slice of pizza. <laughs> what is going on there? That is upsetting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's happening there. So Marianne says it's okay for Harriet to be there, but she needs the bedroom. So we see Harriet undressing and removing her makeup. We also see Lucy placing a phone call at a phone booth. But we cut back to Marianne and Ralph, who are back in a bedroom canoodling. Harriet sneaks by and gets a good look. Again, Harriet the spy here. Yeah. Marianne caresses Ralph's ass a bunch and then starts to rub his cock. They make out passionately, and then she rides him cowgirl. She really rides him good for a bit, and then he rolls over and starts to fuck her missionary. There's some good shots of uh, the trails running down his back where she scratched his back as mm-hmm. uh, he's fucking her. Yeah. We hear a lot of voiceover lines from earlier of Lucy talking to Harriet as Harriet's watching on. Threesome stop the feelings. 
No, I don't want you to go down on me. Those are the lines. I'm echoing lines. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> let's move on. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but we see Marianne's face and she's smiling. They're clearly into it. Um, this is a very passionate sex scene. She has her legs like wrapped completely around him and, uh, they're really getting into it. But after a while, Ralph pulls out and comes on Marianne's pubes. We cut to Harriet waiting for the train again as she was at the beginning of the film. We then see Lucy get out of a taxi. She rushes towards the train platform and hollers out for Harriet. As the train is taking off, we see Harriet on board, and she catches a glimpse of Lucy on the platform. The shot freezes for a second to focus on Lucy yelling at her, and then continues. We see Harriet smile in response. And then we get a close-up of Harriet's hand, which lets go of the handle that she was holding on to, and freeze frames in the air, and we see credits over it. Cryptic. Very cryptic indeed. Not as straightforward as I would expect a uh, porn film to end. It's that that Henri Pichard in there as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the most baffled I've been by the ending of a porn film since Corruption. <laughs> Fair enough. But that was Mascara. Let's go ahead. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on Mascara. Are you Mr. Jones? Shh. Earrings, earrings. Don't talk. Don't talk, whatever you do, because we're not supposed to talk. And if the chauffeur hears us talking, he'll tell her. Lipstick, oh my god. Give me your lipstick, please. Yeah. Oh, I'm having so much trouble with these. You see? Thank you. If they're not, if it's not on by the time I get home, she'll be very upset. Oh. Do you want a, a compact? <laughs> please. It's Polish's turd. uh i I think let's finish this one off was a much less crude way of going about it (laughs) okay well welcome back to the raincoat report it's time for the raincoat review Uh, as usual i'll take off on this one okay uh this film's kind of a mess okay uh just a little bit it's got like i understand what it's going for but I don't think I understand everything it says, especially the ending. Okay. Uh, maybe that just kind of threw me for a loop. Right. But uh, I don't know. It doesn't have the usual uh, Pichard slickness to it. It doesn't have that kind of uh, high production value, which, as we mentioned at the beginning, is due to uh, Roberta Finley funding <laughs> it. Right. Uh, her camera work is kind of shaky, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It, it moves, it bounces a lot, which isn't necessarily a fault, but uh, when I see his name attached to it as, like, the director, I just kind of, I think I went in expecting, like, a higher uh, quality production. That's fair. Uh, but what we have instead is the tale of two women who kind of become friends, maybe, as one opens up sexually. Right. Uh, but I don't really understand why okay (laughs) i guess at the end of the day um i don't know this one might have been a bit of a miss for me it was nice to have lisa DeLeo as the uh main character we haven't really seen anything where i think where she's like the full-on lead right like even going all the way back to the beginning to uh dixie ray she is only in a few scenes yeah she's an important character but really it's a John, it's a John Leslie movie more than anything else. Right. So it is nice to get to see, and she has the chops, like she can pull off the lead. That's not a problem. Yeah. I just think some of the material she was given in this wasn't really enough to bring me in all the way, I would say. Okay. Uh, I never really got fully invested in it. It felt like it took a while to take off. Like, I understand her motivation is that she wanted to have more sexual experiences, but it seems like her mentor was someone who really wanted out of that particular lifestyle. 
Right. Uh, or at least express some regrets. So I feel like there were moments of character development that did they mean anything at the end? Or was it just to I, I think so. I'm I'm I have trouble with it, I think. Uh, my attention drifted a little bit uh now and then during this one. Okay. Uh which that's my fault. But I don't know. It just didn't yeah, it never really grabbed me, I think ultimately. I would give it probably a three at the end of the day for being, you know, it it's decent. It's got some very good sex scenes, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, All right. I wasn't a huge fan. Okay. Uh, it didn't move me the way other Pichard or Findlay films did. It seemed to be a bit more of a standard adult film, but one that was a bit confused about. One that confused me. Okay. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you shouldn't confuse me because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Okay, so I want you to I want you break it down. Okay, so I kind of had to stew on this one to get it as well for what it's worth. So yeah. I I feel you. Like I have some ideas about what the ending kind of means and what it was all about, but so. There's just not enough for me to dig into. Okay. I think I liked it a little bit more than you did. Uh, not a whole lot more, though. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a flawed film. It There isn't as carefully planned of a kind of execution as you would see in one of the better Henri Pichard films, for sure. I know it says he wrote and directed it, but I wonder, it, did, do you know if Roberta wrote like the script? I, I don't know for sure. I, f- I don't know. I feel like during like the die, I feel like there was this kind of like you could tell it was kind of made by two different people while you're watching it. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the the Roberta Finley part is definitely more of a drama. Sure. There's uh, while the Pichard directed porn stuff is a bit more. I think what you'd expect from him, and it's not. As I don't know, the dramatic tone doesn't quite carry over as much. Maybe a bit sure. more in the scene with Mr. and Mrs. Jones. I think that was one of the few more uh, effective scenes in the film. Sure. Uh, because at times it felt like, like, let's say when Harriet winks at Lucy during the threesome. Right. Uh, you kind of get like a lighthearted tone to it. But then that's followed by kind of a whiplash of, Lucy, like, confessing while they're, like, sleeping in bed together very uncomfortably that she hates her life, more or less. Right. Uh, And, I don't know, it just was... Well, okay, so let's... uh, Maybe, I'm stupid, but maybe... Okay, so here's my read on the film, and granted, this was informed by me reading other people's read on the film. Okay. Uh, So, I did cheat a little bit, I guess, in that way, but... Uh, what makes sense to me now that I've thought about it is the whole point of this movie and what happens at the end is that Lucy and Harriet fell in love. And that's like the whole thing is that at the end of the day, Harriet was probably a lesbian. Okay. Yeah, I guess because if you consider it something like a coming out story or like a realization Right, so... The final shot makes a lot of sense. Right. And that's kind of what I was thinking. So, uh, if, So, I'm going to let you... I'm going to let you tell me what you read. I'm sorry. And well, uh, maybe I'll raise my score. Okay. Well, the thing is, like, the film starts, and the whole problem that Harriet's having is she's not really getting off in these sexual experiences she's having. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also find out that as she's talking to Lucy, that she's never done it with a girl before. Yes. And it's kind of this thing that it's not very explicit throughout, but if you pay attention throughout, like the idea of her being with a girl is something she's really nervous about and like avoids multiple times. Sure. Compared to just her kind of going right for it with any guy she meets. Okay. Right. I'm I'm with you. So like, if you think about it, when she has the three way with the guys, she's, you know, winking at uh, Lucy. Yeah. But really, the whole thing is like she wasn't having a connection with these guys, which is the thing that right. she talked She's about beforehand. The... Okay. Okay. But in fact, if we 
if yeah, if we pay attention, she actually has this connection with Lucy in that scene, even though she's not even like actually physically involved in it. I do feel like this is maybe one I will need to have to go back and review, and I might have a more favorable opinion of. Okay, I'm kind of picking up on what I'm picking up on what you're saying, but I do feel like maybe just the conditions I watched this under, I just wasn't as I just wasn't picking it up quite as much. Right. Um. But no, that that makes sense uh, from a critical uh, standpoint of uh, like what's actually going on. So if you look at the scene, like the scene where the guy came over and fucked uh, uh, Harriet's tits. Yeah. Um, afterwards, she asked Lucy if she did a good job. Yeah. Um, I think I read that as just her wanting to like learn more. But right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense in retrospect in the way that I'm looking at it, but yeah. you wouldn't pick up on, on that event, like, initially. But um, then she has the three-way with the Joneses, mm-hmm. and she is really into it with uh, Mrs. Jones, and she seems to enjoy herself, and it's not until after she's, like, in the car, kind of riding home, that she's kind of solemn again. Yeah. Uh, I think she's just kind of like putting things together and, you know, of course she goes back to Lucy's place cause she wants to see Lucy and Lucy's not there. Yeah. Lucy's gone. She so, went to Atlantic city maybe. Right. So she's all bummed out about that and you know, she goes to work, but you know, it's in fact Lucy who comes running back for her Yeah, from Atlantic city or wherever she was. She was gone. Um, and, uh, she calls out for Harriet. And so, you know, we get our, uh, our freeze frame on Lucy on the, uh, train station platform as, uh, Harriet sees her and she's happy when she sees her. Okay. And, uh, I think she's in love. So she, the reason she wasn't getting off is she wasn't really that into the guy she was with. She, needed a deeper connection and it happened to be with a woman here okay all right so it's it's maybe the greatest lesbian porno film ever made maybe <laughs> i don't the, know the greatest uh story of a woman's self-realization perhaps perhaps, perhaps. Uh, viewing it through that i would definitely like to watch it again i think yeah um but you just talking about that gives me a bit more of a context and respect for the film, which I really do think I was kind of oblivious to at the moment. Yeah. Um, well, and I didn't put it all together at the time, but right. like I, 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 I still had a, a slightly more favorable feeling about it to begin mm-hmm. with. But I would say that, you know, it's subtle about all of those things, yeah. and that's not a bad thing no. necessarily. But at the same time, I think that that subtlety, along with the kind of low production value of the whole thing... It sort of gives it that, like, to me at least, to someone who wasn't really, like, reading too deeply into it because, you know, maybe because of the low production value. Like, I know you can tell a great story with, like, very little money, but it just may be too subtle with uh, just not quite enough... uh, Maybe too subtle for a porn film, right? <laughs> Ultimately, <Yeah. laughs> like because when I go into these, I'm like if I get a deep story, uh, I usually like it's pretty like heavy handed. Sure, uh, this one is a bit more uh, like you've been saying subtle, uh, a little harder to parse. But at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good interpretation of it. It's definitely one I will uh, have to revisit. So I thought that a lot of the sex in this film was pretty good. And of yeah. course we have the lovely Lisa DeLeo there carrying yeah. things. So, I mean, that's wonderful. They called it lipstick. I would have thought about lipstick lesbians. Oh yeah. I don't ever think about mascara <laughs> lesbians. That's fair. <laughs> um, but you know, we had good performances all around. I thought Mr. Jones was a fun character. Mrs. Jones was a fun character. Yeah. I definitely, it was definitely always a fun film, but, uh, like I said, because I think I was missing some of that necessary context. It was hard to put it all together into a coherent picture. I got you. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's lacking in production value. I think that despite the fact that I've kind of put together the subtle story, I think that it could have been executed better Ye- without even hammering you over the head with it. Right. Um, I think like showing like 10% more clues along the way would have gone a long way. Yeah. Maybe a little, some more, uh, some more coy and affectionate glances would have gone a long way. Oh, also the sex scene at the end with Marianne and Ralph, uh, in the back bedroom. That's when she's replaying all those lines from Lucy from earlier as she's watching this woman have passionate sex and like really get off on it. Yeah. And she's like, well, that's not me. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that kind of fits in there too. Just randomly thinking about that as I was talking. No, yeah. yeah. I was kind of. There was a thought that it entered my head when you were kind of going through it earlier. And I was like, yeah, that last scene makes a lot more sense. She's like, this isn't for me. Right. More or less. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, at the end of the day. You've blown my mind, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the day, though, this is a film with faults. It's definitely not my favorite Henri Pichard film. But I think that it's a lot of fun and definitely worth seeing. It wouldn't be the first film that I'd recommend you see. But at the same time, it's a... It's a fun movie to watch, and yeah. if you're going to watch a bunch of films, you might as well watch it. So. Yeah, and uh, it's maybe a little deeper than you, you might even think. Yeah. And that's always a nice surprise. Right. So I gave it three and a half stars. I think that's fair. I think upon further watching, maybe I'll watch it again, and I'll uh, give you a future update. Okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll see <laughs> what happens in the future as far as you repeatedly watching pornography. I've watched several twice at least awesome some maybe even more but mostly twice (laughs) all right well uh so that's it this week uh join our patreon at patreon.com slash raincoat report this friday uh i'm giving my uh much awaited uh top 10 films of 2021 yeah on our 42nd street dive yep i'm gonna talk about Maybe like the one film that I watched in the past month. <laughs> and if you've watched like Small Soldiers or something, you can throw that in as well. I love Small Soldiers. <laughs> you uh, put munitions, chips, and toys? <laughs> David Cross got a six-figure check for saying that. That's pretty cool. I assume that's what he got paid. Probably. Yeah. I feel like it's uh, DreamWorks. They can give that man $500,000. Yeah. If not more. Yeah. For that line reading. <laughs> um, small soldiers, I would give a five. Okay. <laughs> Mascara, I would give a 3.5. And uh, our Patreon, I would give a 4.5. Pretty great. <laughs> I kind of drag it down a little bit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you could get our uh, bonus episodes and also early access to our episodes. And uh, you get them ad free as well. Man, I've been listening to some other podcasts recently, and some of them are just loaded with ads. Yeah. Just filled to the brim with like three-minute ad breaks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of the more popular ones I listen to, you're going you're gonna to get a better help ad for sure. <laughs> well, the good news <laughs> is at least on our free episodes, there's just the one ad that we've been running for the past like six months. Yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> We should re-record it, probably. We should record an ad for BetterHelp and then see if... If you have a porn addiction, BetterHelp can help. <laughs> they have counselors standing by 24-7, <laughs> I think. And they'll only occasionally encourage you towards suicide, from what I hear. <laughs> so, uh, maybe you'll... BetterHelp. It's a crapshoot. <laughs> But uh, what else are you going to do? Well, uh, <laughs> if you're not going to do that. Uh, yeah, if you don't have $5 for better help, spend $5 on us. Yes. Uh, and if you don't have that $5 either, then just tell somebody about our podcast. Yeah. Make other people listen to it. Yeah, make them aware that there's a war on for your balls. <laughs> That's right. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Uh Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. Yep. I think that'll about do it for this week. Uh, I love you all. Boss, do you have anything else to say? 
I also love you all. And if you're chasing your lesbian lover down the train platform and uh, it's a cloudy day, don't forget your raincoat. (laughs) 